Microphone check. One, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. The rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. This is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Are you a rap music fan? And not just any fan, but a true rap music fan that wants to move past the surface level discussion and get into the nitty gritty of what makes rap music so great? Are you someone who loves the feeling of discovering new music, but find it hard to navigate through the thousands and thousands of new albums that get released every single day? If any of this applies to you, this show is exactly what you need in your life. My absolute passion is music. So I gladly do the dirty work of virtual crate digging, searching for the next great album so that you don't have to. I am into all kinds of music, bringing you fresh album and song reviews and inspired commentary on all that the mainstream and underground rap scene have to offer. If you're an artist who wants to get their album or song reviewed on the show, feel free to hit me up at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com or shoot me a DM via Instagram or Twitter at R-O-H-V-I-E-W, where we can discuss a potential review on the show, potential collaboration ideas like coming on as a guest, or even if you just want private feedback, I can do that as well. I would love to be a part of helping you grow as an artist. I live for this. Nothing makes me feel better than expressing my thoughts and feelings about music. So that's enough compulsory podcast introduction. Let's get to the show. What is up, family? My name is Rohan Patra. I am your host of the first annual Rap Music Plug Podcast Awards. I am so excited. I've been waiting for this episode for the last couple months as I've been devising how it will all go, and I'm so excited to share it with you today. So in an effort to capture the best of what 2020 in rap had to offer i'm going to be giving out awards otherwise known as plugs on this show to commemorate some of the best artists albums beats hooks that 2020 had to offer but before we get started with all of these fun festivities i just want to say that starting this podcast has been a dream it's been exactly what I was looking for in 2020 to feel creative again, to have something to get really passionate about, really energized about. So I'm so thankful to any and all of you who have been listening and watched this show evolve as it started being named QLC TV, a show about music, politics, personal development, sports, to being refined and further improved through better audio quality and a more razor sharp vision in covering my deepest and truest passion which is rap music and in the spirit of further improving the show after acquiring some feedback from some listeners moving forward i've decided to make episodes to be focused on one single topic it'll be one episode that'll have only one album review or one topic of discussion versus having multiple reviews multiple topics 
all jam-packed into one episode. This adds some more logistical issues for me, but I'm hoping that if I experiment with this, the shorter runtime will be more enticing for listeners to tune in. All in all, I can tell you that hosting this show has been an absolute blast, and I am actively looking consistently for new ways to improve the show's quality and grow it even further. I know now that the moment I don't leave the shower with at least three new content ideas for this show or insights from an album that I'm going to discuss on a future episode, that'll be the time that I know to hang up the mic. Luckily for you, but mostly me, today is not that day. Because we are now able to embark on the first annual Rap Music Plug Podcast Award Show. As I peruse the usual year-end episodes and lists from a variety of different publications, podcasts, YouTubers, I remember seeing the Joe Budden podcast year-end episode and feeling a particular way about how they summed up 2020 for hip-hop music. In a nutshell, the group basically came to the conclusion that artists in 2020 didn't really live up to the moment that was this past year, which was of immense strife and disillusionment for many of us. And I could not disagree more with that assessment. For rap in 2020, it felt like the year of realized potential, best yets, and deep reflection. I feel like artists having been cooped up in their homes for the better part of 2020 made people really dig into their craft, introspect, and reflect on what is happening in the world around them and pushing their thinking up a notch. Because my main takeaways from the many albums that I listened to this year were that the artists in question either refined their craft in terms of songwriting, lyrical quality, album construction, or dug deeper into themselves and got more personal, showing new levels of maturity. I found myself saying that time and time again. So before jumping in to giving out any plugs on this show, I wanted to first just take a moment to speak to any of the artists listening to this show. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Each and every artist who dropped a project or even a song that gave even one person some level of joy or feeling in a year like this should be immensely proud. Each and every song that I will bring into the years to come will always hold a special place in my heart as the soundtrack to my life that kept me going when I needed it most. And I hope that one day winning a plug from the RMPP will be just as much of an honor for you as it is for me to listen and discuss your amazing work. Now, moving into the awards portion of the show, I'll start first with some quick hitter awards before we enter into the meteor categories. So starting with the best hook of the year, this plug goes to God is Perfect by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist. Freddie just absolutely floats on this hook. He beautifully weaves in some religious lyricism and imagery into it and the flow is just absolutely intoxicating i love rapping along to this chorus when i hear it so absolute a1 hook from freddie gibbs 
Next, I'm going to move to album title of the year. So the plug for album title of the year goes to Gandhi Loves Children by Fatboy Sharif and Roper Williams, who I'm also excited will be coming onto the show for an interview in the next month. So stay tuned for that. I'm super excited. Going to the award here, my Indian heritage just jumps for joy when I hear this title. It is so funny. It is so twisted. And I'm just glad it gives some necessary shade to possibly one of the most misrepresented historical figures ever, who, although is famous for some actual positive things in the realms of pacifism and nonviolence, Gandhi was also a vehement racist and a pedophile, which is what this title is referencing. Okay, now, next, we talk about the biggest pleasant surprise of the year award so this is an award for either an album or a song or an artist whatever it may be that pleasantly surprised me delivered music that i wasn't expecting in a positive way so the plug for pleasant surprise of the year goes to 21 savage and metro boomin's savage mode 2. since this project ends up on my top albums of the year list as well I don't want to go into too much detail about why this album is so great, but I'll just say that my expectations were significantly lower for this project. I didn't expect much, and I was blown away with how much I ended up enjoying it. Next, we have the biggest disappointment of the year. So the plug for biggest disappointment of the year has to be Black Thoughts Streams of Thought Volume 3. I had such high expectations for Black Thought, especially after the feature run that this man has been on for basically since 2018. He has been absolutely slain each and every verse that he's been on, and I was really hoping he'd put it all together and create a nice cohesive body of work. But unfortunately, after a, a strong start to the album, it just really fell off towards the midway point with too much flowery bombastic choruses especially from a specific feature Portugal Demand that I just did not like at all. Streams of Thought Volume 3 unfortunately just didn't hit the mark. You can check out episode 19 for a full review of this album. Now let's move into the bigger and meatier categories for this award show. So our next category is Best Rap in a Supporting Role. And the nominees for this are Def C on Iceberg Theory and August Fanon's track Violet and Honey Remix off of Dispatches from the Kali Yuga. Our next nominee is Fonte on Uzbekistan off of Your Old Droog's Dump Yard Crutoy Edition. Next we have Jay-Z on A Never-Ending Story off of Jay Electronica's A Written Testimony. Freddie Gibbs on $500 ounces off of Westside Guns Pray for Paris. We have Schoolboy Q on COVID Cough off of Rock Marcy's Mount Marcy. And then finally, we have Vince Staples on Surf and Turf off of Boldy James and The Alchemist, The Price of Tea in China. And the plug for best rap in a supporting role goes to Jay-Z on A NeverEnding Story. He wins this award because of the beautiful imagery that he weaved into some of this commentary about imperialism 
and his pride in his blackness all throughout this verse. But he also wins this award because of his delivery. That is just absolutely breathtaking. And it all culminates with this inshallah at the end of his verse that just makes you feel like you're hearing some words from God. It's just a really nice climactic moment to finish the track. Okay, now we move to the best production of the year. And the nominees for this award are Out of Sight, produced by LP and co-produced by Little Shalimar and Wilder Zobi off of RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Next we have Burden of Proof, produced by Hip Boy, the title track off of Benny's album of the same name. Next we have Rock Cried, produced by Olaf Melander off of Moor Mother and Billy Woods' album Brass. Next we have Eaten Alive, produced by the group Clipping, off of Clipping's Visions of Bodies Being Burned. We have Mirage, produced by Chris Keys and co-produced by Quelle Chris, off of the duo's Innocent Country 2. And then finally we have Mommy Dearest, a eulogy, produced by Sterling Tolls, off of Boley James and Sterling Tolls' Manger on McNichols. So, the plug for production of the year goes to Out of Sight, produced by LP, with Little Shalimar and Wilder Zobi on co-production. This track, simply put, is such a motherfucking banger. The groove that the rhythm of this beat gives off is so bouncy, it's so infectious, and it just plays off perfectly with the ridiculously catchy flows that all of the rappers on this track display. I probably played this song the most out of any track off of Run The Jewels 4 simply because of how much it banged. I would blast this song in my car, on my speakers, in my headphones. It is just such a fun track to listen to. And that is largely due to the amazing production. So hats off to that team of producers. Next, we are getting to Song of the Year. So the nominees for this are Rock Cried by Moore Mother and Billy Woods off of Brass, Roots of Blue by Blue in Exile off of Miles, Smoke and Mirrors by Elzai featuring Monica Blair off of Elzai's Seven Times Down, Eight Times Up, project fully produced by J.R. Swift. Next we have Odessa by Ural Droog featuring Billy Woods off of Dump Yard Crew Toy Edition. We have The Neverending Story by Jay Electronica featuring Jay-Z off of A Written Testimony. And then finally we have Walking in the Snow by Run the Jewels off of RTJ4. So, the plug for Song of the Year goes to Walking in the Snow by Run the Jewels. This track features such layered and incredibly engaging production But what really separates this song from the pack is the lyricism. In particular, Killer Mike's verse. When the synths morph into this tense melody, that's when Mike's verse, uh, which is the second on the track, becomes very moving. It's just a really riveting and climactic track that felt especially powerful when it was released, which was during the summer of 2020, amidst all of that uprising occurring in the States related to police brutality, racism, etc. So, a fantastic track that captured the moment beautifully. Now, we move to 
producer of the year. And the nominees for this plug are The Alchemist, August Fanon, Nicholas Craven, Preservation, and finally Hit Boy. So the plug for producer of the year goes to The Alchemist. So this may feel like the obvious choice, but really when it comes down to it, his fully produced albums in Price of Tea in China, Lulu, and Alfredo were all absolutely amazingly produced, particularly Alfredo, that displayed such a good handle of mood and tempo in an album that seemed to transition from high tempo to low tempo after each and every given track. It was just a really nice way to sequence the album and I thought he just killed it every step of the way. Along with those production credits, he also has many other placements on J Electronica's album, West Side Gun, Moor Mother and Billy Woods. The other producers here mentioned also put in crazy work, but I think it's the mix of the quantity and quality of Al's work in 2020 that put him over the top. And now, the final award before we get into our top albums of the year, and that is Rapper of the Year. So the nominees are Conway the Machine, Iceberg Theory, Boldy James, and Billy Woods. So the plug for Rapper of the Year in 2020 goes to Billy Woods. Simply put, Billy Woods is the best rapper on the planet right now, and he put that on full display on his brass collaboration with Moor Mother on the Arm & Hammer Shrines record, as well as an array of great guest features throughout the year. Billy is a guy that whenever I hear him rap or speak in interviews, I feel like I'm talking to someone who speaks to my soul that is equal parts hilarious, insightful, and intriguing. In other words, he's the Dosekis guy of rap. He is the most interesting man in the genre and is my dream guest to come on the show, which I'm going to manifest now by saying in public. But real talk, Billy is a modern day philosopher that perfectly captures life on the margins of society with an innate ability to distill his thoughts into captivating, ear grabbing statements that leave me in absolute awe. 2020 was the year of Billy. And now, the moment you guys have been patiently awaiting ever since 2020 ended, where's the Rap Music Plug podcast top albums of the year? Well, here it is. When I made my list, the first thing that struck me was how deep this slew of albums were this year. I have 20 plus albums on my list that are above an 8 using my rating scale that I use on this show, which is insane. And quickly on that note of my ratings, my intention with that is not to codify music taste through making it seem like I'm giving some objective rating, that's 100% not the case. I rate music for my personal preference, I just like to compare and analyze things that way. Uh, but that's just the way my mind works. It has the other purpose though of serving as a quick filter for those who do value my opinion to get a quick grasp 
as to what albums they should give a listen, which is a key goal of mine with this podcast. So back to the topic of my list, I feel like in any other typical year, many of these albums on my list would be 10 spots higher, maybe even more, but it's just due to the sheer volume of great albums that came out this year that the albums at the bottom of my list fall where they are. So I want to make it clear that every single album on my list, and in my honorable mentions for that matter, are all dope-ass records for sure. And note that projects that were unfinished, famously like the Act 2 project by J Electronica, were not considered for this list even though they were dope as hell. And also note that I will be releasing a Spotify playlist with all of my favorite tracks from each and every album on my top 41 albums of the year. So stay tuned for that playlist which will be accompanying the social media posts that I will release for this episode. So why a top 41 list, you may ask? Well, it's a mix of the fact that I just felt like I needed to make it longer to capture all the greatness of music this year, but also 41's a special number of mine. The way I came to that is a long story that I won't get into on this show. Okay, so now without further ado, let's go and start with the honorable mentions. The first honorable mention I have here is Archie Shep, Raw Poetic, and Damu the Fudge Monk's Ocean Bridges Project. Next I have Preservations, Eastern Medicine, Western Illness. I have RJ Payne's Beautiful Pain 2. I have Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats Unlocked. I have Master Holy, a collaboration of Master Holy and Ade Hakim in Holy Journal. Then I have Rick Chime and Yelnam Evid, their project Stones, which I reviewed on the show and am happy to announce that I'll be bringing on those two for interviews later next month. So I'm really excited for that. Next, I have Sky Zoo and Dumbo Station, The Bluest Note, Iceberg Theory and August Fanon, The Kabbalah, Iceberg Theory, another guy I'm bringing on to the show for an interview. He'll be the first interview that we'll have, so super excited for that. And then finally, Flea Lord and 38 Special loyalty and trust too so a lot of honorable mentions but i just felt like i needed to give the appropriate shine to these albums lastly before we get into the list i wanted to mention that there are some albums that i definitely really liked but didn't have the opportunity due to time constraints or just for the fact that i discovered them too late and therefore they won't be considered on this list but i wanted to shout them out and that's an unknown infinite by Amani and King Vision Ultra, as well as Ciroc's The Sharecropper's Daughter. So shout out to those two albums. Okay, now entering the top 41. What I'll be doing is I will just go over and name the first 10 or so projects here, and then I'll slowly start giving some more description and reasoning as to why they were so great and progressively i'll speak more and more about the albums as we get closer to the top because i don't want this episode to be two hours long so let's get started with number 41 i have an album that i am actually yet to review but i will be reviewing next week so look out for this episode i have playboy cardi's whole lot of red 
At 40, I have Koreatown Oddities, Little Dominique's Nosebleeds. At 39, I have Zero's Black Light. At 38, I have Knowledge with 1988. At 37, I have Small Bills, collaboration between Elucid and The Lasso with Don't Play It Straight. At 36, I have Iceberg Theory and August Fanon's Alexandria. At 35, I have Fatboy Sharif and Roper Williams' Gandhi Loves Children. At 34, I have Mac Miller's Circles. At 33, I have Nas with King's Disease. At 32, I have Willie the Kid, Capital Gains. Next, at 31, I have Marlowe with Marlowe 2, which is a duo of rapper Solomon Brigham, I hope I'm saying that correctly, and producer LaRange. Okay, now getting into the top 30. At 30, I have Chain Noir and Apollo Brown's As God Intended. This was the breakout record for the Buffalo MC, who teamed up with an amazing veteran producer in Apollo Brown for a strong lyrical showing. This project featured traditional street subject matter, but from a women's perspective, who has a distinct presence on the mic that was impressive from start to finish. A really, really solid effort and a great debut for the Buffalo MC. At 29, I have Killa Priest's Rocket to Nebula. This album is truly like none other. Killa Priest feels like he's floating in space over drumless, psychedelic production as he gives us 75 minutes of ridiculously mind-altering, otherworldly poetry and lyricism that touches on topics of spirituality and religion in particular. And this is often done in a metaphorical way, feeling as if you're listening to an allegory, much less a rap album. At 28, I have Shrapnel with their self-titled collaborative debut. See, like, honestly, I just have to say, this album is amazing, and it's at number 28. That just speaks to how great this year was for rap. But this is a duo of Premrock and Curly Castro, who teamed up for their debut collaborative album, which is a great mix of dense, layered lyricism, along with cold, brooding production that is experimental, yet is crafted in a way that makes it flow extremely well, which is mainly handled by the great Elucid, as well as Backwood Studio sound mastermind Willie Green. At 27, I have Boldy James and The Alchemist, The Price of Tea in China, Boldy's first of many albums in 2020 that catapulted him to new heights in the rap world, giving us very good slices of street narratives and personal observations delivered with his trademark monotonous voice and flow. The Alchemist on the production side of things gives him some absolutely dynamite instrumentals that are nicely layered, but allows Boldy's rapping to be the main spotlight of the project. At number 26, we have Navy Blue's Ada Earring. Navy's debut album and my first full introduction to the man's work 
was a very wholesome experience. I was instantly taken aback with just how personal and intelligent the rhyming was and just how quickly I connected with Navy Blue as a person. In the instrumentals, there's a strong jazz influence that makes the album feel very organic. At 25 now, we have Mike's Weight of the World. Mike's latest full length is a continuation of the impressive streak of albums he's been on over the past few years. This production is textured, extremely colorful, off-kilter, and feels like lo-fi ambience. Mike as a lyricist continues his brand of introspective observations and loose rhyming styles that all connects with me because of his endearing personality that is so clearly genuine and positive. Check episode 1 for a full review of this record, but keep in mind please that this was part of the first four episodes of the show where I didn't have a true mic, uh, so just understand that the quality along with like the communication skills and mic presence was not as developed, I hope, as it is today, so just keep that in mind, but still episode 1 for that full review. At 24... We have 21 Savage and Metro Boomin Savage Mode 2. This album was, as I mentioned earlier, my pleasant surprise of the year. 21 took a major step from trap rapper with a maturing and infectious personality and slowly improving lyrical skills to trap rapper with great personality still but significantly mature views and vastly improved lyrical skills. This project not only features Metro's best and most cohesive set of beats of his entire career, but 21 is now actually dropping entertaining and super catchy performances that could stand on their own too, even without the tremendous production. Check episode 14 for a full review of this album. Next, at 23, we have Rock Marciano's Mount Marcy. This project was Rock's coldest and most uncompromising album to date. Rock spends the majority of this album waxing poetic on his reign in the underground rap scene, along with his GOAT-level influence and impact on this newly emerging crop of thoughtful street and sample-based hip-hop that he deserves a ton of credit for birthing. For a full review of this project, check out episode 22. Now at number 22 on our list, we have Westside Gun's Pray for Paris. This is by far Westside Gun's most polished and accessible project to date. That really puts a stamp on his highly impressive ascension to underground hip-hop master curator. As this album flows so well with great production and feature choices from huge names such as Freddie Gibbs, Tyler the Creator, Rock Marciano, and Joey Badass. At 21 now we have Quelle Chris and Chris Keys Innocent Country 2. Quelle Chris and Chris Keys teamed up for a sequel to their 2015 Innocent Country album with a significantly more ambitious and far-reaching album that has incredibly layered and detailed production that features gorgeous pianos and live instrumentation. 
And Quelle's masterful mix of playful lyricism with oddball tendencies that tend to reveal darker meanings and undertones when you pay closer attention. And Innocent Country 2 is no exception. Okay, so now we are at the top 20. At 20, I have Conway the Machine with From a King to a God. The way Conway and Co. here managed to make this album sounds so polished and grand sounding while still maintaining that necessary grit required for this style of rap was simply incredibly impressive and exceptionally done. That is why this is in the running for my personal favorite Conway album along with Goat. From a King to a God is easily Conway's most personal effort yet and it's something that I was hoping he would get to, and I'm happy he executed this updated, more personal brand of his music so well. This project features the growth that I was hoping to see from Conway the Machine incredibly well. And check episode 12 for a full review of this album. So now we're at the point of my list where it became increasingly difficult to place these following albums where every day the order of these next 10 or so albums would interchange constantly but at this moment at 19 i have iceberg theory and august fanon with dispatches from the kali yuga iceberg theory delivered his best album yet with production from his now frequent collaborator august fanon august gives him a great musical foundation for Ice's remarkably commanding voice and hyper-poetic and complex lyricism to be in the spotlight. With help from a significant amount of features in the underground, lyrically-focused scene, uh, which fit right into the album's mystical and heady vibe, Dispatches from the Kali Yuga absolutely is the best project that Iceberg Theory and August Fanon have released to date. And check the latest episode, episode 25, for a full review of this album. Next, at number 18, we have Mock Homies, Mock's Hard Lemonade. Mock dropped this long-anticipated album that shows exactly why he's such an essential voice in rap's underground. The idiosyncrasies in his lyrical approach and personality are all here, but particularly his ability to communicate his unique rise to fame as an artist and businessman was never articulated better than it was on this album. It makes tracks like Squeaky Hinge stand as one of Mock's most important tracks of his entire career. You can check out episode 7 for a full review of this album. Next, we have at number 17, Stove God Cooks and Rock Marciano's Reasonable Drought. Stove God has emerged as one of the most captivating voices in all of rap music, with one of the most sure-of-itself debuts I have ever heard in the genre. His uncanny charisma makes these grimy-ass songs have amazing hooks that are so infectious and entertaining to sing along to, which is quite a unique thing for a street-focused album like this. Finally, Rock provides the perfect soundscape for Cooks that balances a dirty, grimy aesthetic with this feeling of street luxury that Rock's instrumentals are known for. At 16, we have Clipping's Visions of Bodies Being Burned. 
a wildly creative album from Clipping, who finally created an album that features the songwriting chops to match the group's immense ambitions. This album plays out as a vivid, post-apocalyptic horror movie filled with impressive sound play that creates this atmosphere beautifully. Better than on any of their previous works, David's hyper-descriptive rapping style makes strong parallels to traditional rap subject matter, but in a uniquely futuristic manner that is very well executed. They basically present rap content in a way that feels like it was transported 2,000 years into the future. Check episode 18 for a full review of this album. Next, at number 15, we have J Electronica with a written testimony. This was arguably the most polarizing album of the year, and not arguably, but definitely an album that was a prisoner of its expectations. In my opinion though, once you get over the fact that we waited so damn long for this project, you realize that Jay, although not in absolute top form, is still rapping really well here and gets personal in ways that are occasionally really captivating. This was also THE pandemic album out of all of the pandemic albums that were released in 2020. This released on March 13th, 2020, just two days after the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 to be an official pandemic. Therefore, along with the album's themes and subject matter, this album felt so in tune with the chaos and confusion that was about to become a reality in all of our lives. Oh, and Jay-Z is pretty much a hidden feature on just about every track here, and continues to thrive in this ancient out-of-breath steez that he's been rocking since 444, which he has now perfected here on A Written Testimony. Now, at number 14, we have Rap Ferreira's Purple Moonlight Pages. The artist formerly known as Milo dropped what I consider to be his best project yet. This album feels so organic and freewheeling, yet due to the production handled by the Jefferson Park Boys, all of this energy remains very focused and aimed in the proper direction. This is an album that is equal parts engaging due to its intelligent pseudo-spoken word lyricism and its impressive musicianship on the production side of things. Next, at number 13, we have Homeboy Sandman's Don't Feed the Monster, which was produced fully by Quelle Chris. Aided by Quelle's consistently strong and textured production, Homeboy Sandman gives us his best project yet, featuring a level of honesty that is so striking that you may not even realize what he's saying at first, as Homeboy never hides behind flowery imagery or overly metaphorical lyrics to hide behind. Instead, he is so frank and transparent, which makes this album a very captivating exploration into Homeboy's mind that follows a loose concept detailing his efforts to manage his stress in order to not feed the monster of his psoriasis disease that he suffers from. You can listen to my full review of this album in episode 19 of the show. Now, as we inch closer to the top 10, I have Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist at number 12 with their project Alfredo. Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist showcase a great chemistry here, 
as Freddy further refines his style and elevates his standing in the game with absolutely dynamite rapping performances. He also displays some moments of introspection and some social commentary even that I think come off very well. Alfredo further establishes Freddy and the Alchemist's place at the top of the current hip-hop landscape, which is evident by looking at the A-list features that they nab on this project from Conway the Machine, Tyler the Creator, Benny the Butcher, and Rick Ross. And now, at number 11, I have Elzai's Seven Times Down, Eight Times Up, which was fully produced by J.R. Swift. Elzai and up-and-coming producer J.R. Swift created a very strong set of songs that showcase Elzai's absolutely god-level lyrical abilities. And they were all over very beefy, fat, boom-bap production from J.R. that complemented Elzai's rhythmic flow beautifully. Unlike his recent output, particularly 2016's Lead Poison, Elzai is clearly in a better place now mentally, and that is shown in his still reflective, but more at-peace lyrical content. Which is a nice thing to see on a human level for what seems like an all-round great guy. You can catch the full review of this project by checking out episode 13 of the show. Now we are entering into our top 10 albums of the year 2020. So now, at number 10, I have Navy Blue's Song of Sage Post Panic. This is probably how Jesus acted. That, what I just said, was a quote aiming to describe Navy Blue's distinct aura from none other than Billy Woods, who appears on this album too, uh, which he said in an interview with Call Out Culture Podcast, which is a great podcast hosted by talented artists that you should definitely check out. But going back to Navy, this serene quality found in Navy Blue is illustrated all throughout this amazing project, as the vulnerability and intimacy of this record is so palpable. Therefore, his heartfelt and intelligent insights all delivered in this calming, peaceful rapping delivery that's very reminiscent of Cause makes Song of Sage such a soothing experience for your soul. You can check out the last episode of the show, episode 25, for a full review of this project. At number 9, we have Fly Anakin and Pink Saifu with Fly Saifus. Chemistry is what defines Fly Saifus. The combination of Pink Saifu and Fly Anakin's styles here complement each other brilliantly. Pink's hazy, abstract style hypnotizes you into a heady trance, and then Fly comes in and punches you in the face with a razor-sharp and more grounded lyrical style. And then from the production side of things, it's all so incredibly colorful and flows like water. Peep episode 20 of the Rap Music Plug podcast for a full review of this fantastic project. At number 8, we have Run the Jewels with Run the Jewels 4. The duo of LP and Killer Mike brought us their fourth installment of energetic, strongly produced raps that are the most politically charged they've ever been. Dropping during the heat of the anti-police, anti-racism uprisings in the States this summer in 2020, 
this album beautifully captured the fire that was brewing amongst people of color, particularly black people, but also just anybody who was working class in the US. As the coronavirus pandemic illuminated how unjust and unfit today's systems are in uplifting those in need. A fantastic album that was released at the perfect time. At number 7, we have Boldy James and Sterling Tolls with Manger on McNichols. In his 10 plus years in making this album, Sterling Tolls toiled away at Boldy's verses that were recorded many years ago and laced these tracks with ever-evolving psychedelic jazz epics that contrasted amazingly with Boldy's steady flow, which was what put this album over the hump in comparison with Boldy's other albums from 2020, as this busier production accentuated Boldy's voice and vocal approach so well. Lyrically, Boldy is at his most personal yet, with devastating tracks like Mommy Dearest that really give the listener a concrete view into how grim and how real the stakes are for many people in our society. You can check episode 5 for a full review of this album. Now at number 6, we have Benny the Butcher with Burden of Proof. So not only is this album I feel ranked higher than most people would put it at, but I have another unpopular opinion for you. I think Burden of Proof is better than Tanatalk 3 and The Plugs I Met. Burden of Proof sees Benny evoke feelings of the early 2000s Hove as he gives the listener many doses of street wisdom and mature, palpable confidence, all of which is over soulful production that comes from Hit Boy as well as some additional credits from Jansport J most notably that feels like an update to the classic Rockefeller sound found on Jay-Z's The Blueprint from 2001. Benny's pen game here has never been better, but most importantly, there is more substance to his raps than ever before. Peep episode 16 for a full review of this album. Okay, now we are inching closer to the top. We are in the top five. So at number five, I have Ka with Descendants of Cain. Ka released another beautifully poetic project jam-packed with incredible wordplay and lyricism. I think this is Ka's best album yet, because I think he is at his best lyrically when it comes to quotables and digestible nuggets that feature such sublime insight, and I think this is his most refined effort yet too, seen in the tightly constructed tracklist and his best selection of beats yet. Ka also gets more directly personal than ever before, making really interesting parallels from the street life to biblical terms in a really interesting way. At number 4, we have Armin Hammer, Shrines. The dynamic duo of Elucid and Billy Woods teamed up once again for their fourth and potentially best album as a group. The lyricism is heady and hard-hitting as you'd expect, but the musical palette here ditches the group's usual coldness and features more color and brightness than ever before. It has an almost ethereal quality at times. Shrines is the group's most musically complex and tightly knit record to date, 
with lyrical content that continues to challenge and push the envelope, cementing Arm & Hammer as one of the greatest rap groups in recent memory. Now entering into the top three of the top 41 albums of 2020, I have Blue in Exile with Miles. The famed duo returned with a magnificently ambitious double album that discusses the roots of everything that makes Blue. The roots of his music, detailing the trials and tribulations of his journey as an artist, and naturally, the historical roots of his black brothers and sisters, tastefully explaining the different dimensions of hardships and triumphs his ancestors encountered, which all shaped him into the man he is today. Miles exemplifies everything that makes this duo so special. Blue gives you intricate personal stories and reflections while remaining mindful of the world around him. And Exile produces tasteful jazz rap beats that stand as the best instrumentals of his entire career. Just like Shrines did with Arm & Hammer, Miles solidifies Blue in Exile as one of the greatest rap duos the genre has ever seen. Next, at number 2 on the Rap Music Plug podcast Top 41 Albums of the Year, I have Ural Droog with Dump Yard Crew Toy Edition. Ural Droog is rap music's poster child for realized potential in 2020. He successfully matched his already impressive lyrical skill set by injecting more of himself and his culture into his music with tighter album construction and razor sharp focus. Droog displays an impressive level of maturity and insight into growing up in America with his Eastern European heritage that humanized the sometimes standoffish rapper to a strong degree. Lyrically, Droog entered into alien rapper status with the most hard-hitting, clever, and entertaining bars of his entire career. Droog used to have quotables for days. Now, he has quotables for years. With quotable after quotable after quotable all over this project, it will really blow your mind. This was everything I wanted from your old Droog and more. Finally, we've reached the number one spot on our list. The plug for best rap album of the year goes to Brass by Moore Mother and Billy Woods. From a musical standpoint and from a lyrical content standpoint as well, this project is really interesting because it feels like it exists in the past and the future at the same time. What I mean by that is that the sounds of 60s and 70s avant-garde jazz are present side by side with futuristic sound manipulation techniques that make you feel like you're in a dystopian world taken over by greed and dehumanizing technology. And then from a subject matter standpoint, the lyrical content is sometimes metaphorical, sometimes narrative driven, but feels evergreen in that the ideas of living in an exploitative racist society that seems to be designed to remove any forms of dignity and hope for the poor, particularly for black and brown folks, could apply to literally any point in time in our world's dark history. 
With Billy Woods as evidenced by that classic Billy Woods-ism I mentioned earlier related to his description of navy blue, Billy has this way with words that resonates with me so much. Billy's in prime form here on brass, sounding even more confident and sharp than ever before. And if his presence wasn't enough, Moormother's poetry and complex dark folk tales that she weaves into her lyrics give an otherworldly presence that plays off of Billy beautifully. And finally, the production here ties this whole album together with gorgeous jazz elements that make this album sound so incredibly organic and musically rich. Brass is the album of the year and may go down as a classic when it's all said and done. 2020 gave us some great music, so if you haven't listened to some of these albums I mentioned, you need to change that as soon as possible. We are really blessed to have such good rap out right now, especially in the underground, which feels like it's just in a golden age where all of these creators are collaborating together and finding new ways to push the genre forward. So thank you once again to all of the artists who may be tuning in to listen to this show. You absolutely rock. So before I wrap this show up, I just wanted to end by giving you some year-end thoughts, but not in a typical sense. I wanted to just give you one lesson I learned this year that I learned through listening to music. So in 2020, I came to realize that unlike anything else in my life, with music, the concept of time is never at play polluting my mind. So let me explain what I mean. With music, I'll just naturally give an album months, years even, to be something I really welcome into my ears and start really loving. Yet, with everything else in my life, I'm impatient. I'm jaded to not give other people or aspects of my life time to unfold and make sense in my young, still maturing mind. And I know I'm not alone with this, because this is what humans always do. We always want to find shortcuts to understand, which is precisely what biases are. We are wired to be judgmental and short instead of welcoming and open to understand freely. Therefore, with this in mind, basically the question and challenge I want to pose myself and pose to anybody else listening out there is the following. What if we gave life the same understanding and time that we give to music? I'm going to leave us on that note. Thank you all for listening. I love each and every one of you. Peace out and cheers to a better 2021. So this concludes today's episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this helped you understand what music to check out or stay away from. And now that I've spoken, it's your turn to make your voice heard. So let's keep in touch. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rowview, R-O-H-V-I-E-W, to connect with me on a personal level where you'll be able to interact with my thoughts and perspectives on music, surely, but also on politics and sports as well. If you're an artist who wants to get their new song or album reviewed on the show, hit me up via email at qlctv.podcast.gmail.com or 
just send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. I would love to give you public feedback through a review or private feedback if that's what you'd prefer. I would love to be a part of helping you grow as an artist. For exclusive content and updates related to the show, follow the Rap Music Plug podcast on Facebook. You can find all of this information along with exclusive playlists created by myself by clicking the link that's in the episode's notes. So that's all for today. Talk to you soon. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.